good evening good evening very so good evening today with discover design once again on a thursday brought to you by gs institute of design welcome everybody and we are really happy to see you today for a very scintillating talk by kem raj kala who is going to talk to us about using visual merchandising as a business tool this has been brought to you by discover design discover design is a series of webinars to inform all our participants about the nuances of interior design we have brought to you earlier 26 webinars on various aspects of interior design including design technology technical and all aspects of interior that may be possible those include products colors etc textiles furnishings and so forth before we start let me quickly take you to some rules okay let's go to the next slide my name is nain siao and i am the dean and mentor for the js institute of design my guest today is kemraj kala exhibition designer and visual merchandiser welcome raj i'm going to of course give you some more details about him uh, yeah. but before that if you have any questions while raj is showing us his uh, the kind of work he's done you may put it down in the question and answer box and we will take up all your questions at the end of the session meanwhile i'm going to uh, be talking to raj about the kind of work he's done and he has a lot of informative slides a lot of work is going to talk to us about and then i'm very very confident that by the end of the session you would definitely have few things you would have you will carry back home with you so today our um, speaker is kemraj and he has he is not only a graduate from uh, national institute of design but he has 18 years of experience as an exhibition designer as well as a visual merchandiser his work experience encompasses many years of stint as a creative design leader uh, who's worked in uh, as a uh, as an expert in visual merchandising with trade shows as well as graphics and retail outlet and design education which is really important because i do think people and designers with design practices as their background at some point must come into design education to contribute to enriching uh, the design uh, the learning of design with their experience and sharing the kind of actual practices that take place in the industry uh he's worked in blackberries as head visual merchandiser and in other places such as mother care private limited benetton india shoppers stop india and private design studios such as design core private limited and quetzel design so really a rich background i see raj uh, please go ahead i would like to if you'd like to add on anything to the background that you have you're most welcome to come and share it with our participants and i do invite you to talk to us about what visual merchandising is how does it really help the business to um, to grow and develop in terms of uh, it as a business strategy so welcome raj the floor is yours yeah thank you very much anie thank you very much to invite me for this beautiful session and uh, let's see how we can unfold all the stories and how we go about it okay so yeah you have already spoken so much so much about uh, you know the background i think there is no need to take it forward but yes uh, as of now i can say that i'm very much into the uh, pedagogies you know which i'm looking at okay different various institutes so working as a pedagogue okay that's what and uh, yeah uh, and you rightly said you know uh, practicing designers must come into the education once in a while or quite often to deliver to the students you know so it is it should not be just in isolation you know both the cases so it should be right. both ways okay so i think uh, that is much better way of sharing with each other on the both the platforms you know so uh, let's see and i'll just uh, 
take you through the uh, a small, not small, but <laughs> quite a substantial presentation. I will try to keep myself as uh, as much possible to be within the time frame. And uh, anyway, I will just share with you screen. Okay. Is my scene? Uh, is my screen yes, visible? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So anyway, uh, visual merchandising it has been used so much. Okay, it's been used so much. Sometimes I tell people that it has actually been abused by using mm -hmm. so much. Okay. Yeah, that's what. I mean, every time it's just uh, you know so much, so much, so much. Some people they they they. I think the basic of this visual merchandising is very simple. It is not just the window because what happens most of the time, people they think, I, I mean, I'm just telling you like with my experience that most of the people, they think that visual merchandising is only limitized only to the images, the changing the visuals within the space, the retail space and the window, that's it. However, this is a part of the visual merchandising. That is not the visual merchandising. So I just wanted to first thing, make it very clear. Secondly, what if I if I summarize this visual merchandising, what it is, it is a simpler manner. It's a art plus science is equal to mathematics. The simplest expression which I can produce for you, which means it, it means it is it is a, a logical and the systematic way of putting the things aesthetically, okay, with a logical manner, which generates the income or enhance the business, which entices the customer. Simple. So, so this is the this is the shortest right. definition which I can give. Okay. Now, what? How it impacts the retail business? Okay, the or the retail space. It actually converts the passersby into the customer and the customers into the buyer. So that is the kind of journey it actually does. So, well, when the marketing team. As a, as a, I mean, marketing and the VM, these two are like the twin brothers. They are the twins. They are the brother sisters, or they are like twins. Okay, so they work, they work hand to hand. Okay, <clears throat> so the marketing team brings the people up to the door. Okay, of the store, up to the facade, and in, inside it is all VM's job to take it forward, converting into the buyer, the customer. Okay, so so it's very very essential role which any visual merchandiser does play. Okay, it is a silent seller. Okay, I always say the best VM is always when there is no one around. It's only the interaction between the merchandiser. Okay. Oh, sorry, okay. between the merchandise and the customer. That's it. I think this is the best way to put it across VM as okay. If you are not having anyone there. It's self-explanatory. Okay. Right. Just taking it forward, there there are a few few elements, you know, which uh, which we can with which I mean it's it's a very vast subject, but I'm just trying to put few elements together. So one of them happens to be the store exterior. Okay. So there are a few key elements. So one of them is store exterior, store layout, store interiors, and the interior display, which is a seasonal, which is a changeable. Store interiors is more or less, which is a permanent nature, permanent in the nature. So now when I say, where does it start from actually? This visual merchandising starts from the, from, from, from the moment a customer steps out of his house. It actually starts from there itself. Okay. So which means what happens you navigate, this visual merchandising is navigating a customer all the way when he's on the, uh, you know, on the on the highway or on some place where the signage it plays a very vital role to bring the customer there and direct him towards that direction okay so making sure that it is well done properly lit facade of course then we once the customer gets there on the in the mall or in the premises around so if i talk about the mall firstly if i say so from the parking lot itself you will have a directive uh, given to the uh, customer, okay, or so that he locates the store with the store directory, with the signages and all. So it's again a guiding factor. When the customer goes in front of the retail facade, so that facade should be impeccable, 
it should have that kind of an impression to the customer that he gets the clear communication and the message it should be uh, if uh, i i just try to you know have some fancy words around that love as love at first sight okay so that's what it is correct so you can't miss it now if you go to the next one right. okay. yeah so uh, so it it is throughout how it is it is throughout just the brand which is being represented by the visual merchandising team okay or the visual merchandiser okay with different different notes with the different different visual notes right so one of them happens to be store facade which is curiosity catalyst okay. this is the first catalyst between the customer and the store within within so it, it acts as a catalyst for the customer to step in and from the window or the facade itself customer gets the gist of what exactly is going to see inside which narrates the story of the collection and the store inside like if you see what is happening on the right hand side side window out here it is it, it talks about it's a spring summer it is it is a summer it's not a, just the spring summer it's a summer uh, rather okay where the kind of merchandise you will be getting that is also there so it is a story which has been spun around the product however the core hero happens to be always the product okay so all these are supporting elements which are to be factored in factor in right now when so i talk can i ask you a question yeah uh i can see that your facade and your window display is extremely inviting it gives a sort of if you really is uh, you know scintillating for the viewers uh, they get excited and they come into the store now has it ever happened that sometimes the wind, all this display seems to be offering a lot more promises than what may be inside do you think that ever happens and is that something which you can take care through the merchandise that you may be displaying in the windows okay before going ahead i will just give you uh, the this the, these are not my window design okay these i have picked up okay so these are just going through so these are not mine for your opinion uh -huh. so these are these are no, not I'm mine i'm asking for opinion okay no 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 that's fine i'm that's what i said before i answer you i'm just telling you these are not my windows so it is it is a kind of a my work is also there and there is some work which i picked up you know from as a reference uh, uh, you know just to take this entire thing forward so anyway now coming to your question which you said okay uh, i mean yes uh, sometimes what happens uh, the customer expectations are there definitely but at the same time what are those expectations expectations the the final thing happens to be the product only the windows main role happens to be for the customer to step inside the store so it should be attractive it should not be just a boring that's why the stories spun around that's why those props and the <clears throat> the lighting and the mannequins the fall the drape everything put together you know so that customer gets in and he sees what exactly the kind of merchandise he had seen outside you know so he gets the gist and he gets the wider range inside and gets and which is good enough to entice the customer so by the time he comes out he will have some thing to be bought okay so so that's <laughs> the intention with which right. uh, merchandiser works okay all right, right. yes go ahead correct so then i said that is a it's a retail layout which is very much important because every inch of retail is to be accounted it has got an accountability in terms of its monitorial yeah monitorial accountability so making sure each and every inch is being justified in terms of its space it, in terms of its fixture juxtapositions justifications whatever you call it as okay making sure each and every area is being well justified in terms of the business in terms of the revenue generation that's where we are having the jimroy jimroff okay the gross margin written on the investments and the footage area so there are different different technical uh, you know tools which our finance team or the you know operation team that these people they do but that's okay business development team they do but yes we must understand by being as a uh, visual merchandiser we must understand those criticalities so that in order to justify the space okay right that's where in what area what category will be displayed okay 
which area where the lifestyle showcasing of this product will be there and which side the category will be displayed. So all these have to be taken care of while you are designing the store itself, designing, not once the space is ready. While you're designing, the layout itself has to be well thought through. Okay. Right. There are some areas which are like visual touch points. You might, may not be able to do the business directly from there, but still you would like to use them as a visual touch points, which means that you are sensitizing the customer to look at them, get excited, get enticed, and go to next to the uh, relevant merchandise, pick it up, test it, buy, walk off. That's what. So which means like the pillars, if you get to see, there are some pillars. So you cannot do any business from there. Okay. But you can still have some kind of an imagery. You can have some kind of a props, which is there, or such kind of, a you know, those uh, uh, body forms, which are being displayed out here. <clears throat> now, if I say there are like a, like a visual spots which you have, you know, so there is, I call them as a visual stimuli, you know. So all these are stimuli which visual merchandiser will have to seek all those, you know, uh, areas and the spots which sensitizes the customer to walk in, explore, go further, pick it up. That's what engaging and the enticing. So these are the areas like. You can have the cluster of mannequins, which talks about the collection and which talks about the communication instantly. The customer registers and know what exactly is going to see inside the store while he walks through. Okay. <clears throat> now, if you talk about the stimuli too, which is color story or thematic collection. So collections or the merchandise which we have, these are not abruptly done. It is having some kind of a color story. It is having some kind of a story behind some collection, some thematic collection, the inspiration. So all these have to be put together by the visual merchandisers. Okay. So not only it generates the color itself is a very strong area to look into, you know. So so you can't miss it. You can't miss it. So that's what it it really up really uh, plays a very vital role. Okay. Either thematic collection uh, collection display or the color story display. Now, if I talk about the next, which is another stimuli, which is a visual balance or the cross merchandise. Why does it happen? The reason because all the visual merchandisers, okay, or if I say not only the visual merchandisers, but everyone, okay, in the retail industry have got only one focused approach, so-called enhancing the business. Enhancing the business means whatever they are expecting more than that, what they can deliver. So for that, there is always something called the basket size or we say the ticket size, which needs to be increased. So that's where we call it as a cross merchandise plays a very, very essential and the vital role, which means not only does the visual balance, but at the same time, it offers the entire ensembles together, the entire ensembles or the coordinates together. So we are not just selling the product as a visual merchandiser. You are selling the entire concept to the onlooker. The yeah. entire ensemble. And I've seen by my own that people on the mannequins, on the dress form, the people, they came only for maybe just one t-shirt. They've taken the denim, they've taken the shoes, they've taken the back, the entire thing. Oh, that's so, Yeah, that, that's what it happens. So that iota of the plus, that the positive iota, that's what it works with the visual merchandising, especially with the cross merchandise. Right. Okay. Help me understand how long is the visual stimuli onto the mannequin or displayed on the stand? How long is it on? See, it should be approximately a week or so. And then it, the whole thing is changed. Yeah, then it, it gets changed because see what happens. We There are different, different tools as I talked about, <coughs> especially the Jim Roy and Jim Roth, okay, those I was talking about. So these tools, they actually measure the performance of the merchandise which has been displayed. If it is not being sold, then it gets taken away. Okay, it rotates into a different place and then next one comes in. Okay, so sometimes something which is a folding, which is not looking, I'm telling you, because what happens in the folding manner, the merchandise may not be, may not be giving the correct appearance, but the moment it is displayed on the frontal or onto the mannequins or on the body form, Mm -hmm. It takes its actual shape and it changes the entire perception 
Right. So, so one will have to always keep on working towards, uh, you know, something which is unfolding, how it needs to be displayed, something which is which is not being uh, worked out, how that needs to be rotated somewhere else. So, which is intra-rotation or the inter-rotation, that is a separate chapter to look into, you know. Thanks. Okay. okay. Right. Okay. Uh, then, uh, as I said, like uh, styling and the accessorizing, again, what is happening? It is like from macro to the micro, which we are having that journey from as a visual merchandiser. So now we have come up to the uh, to the merchandise. It is not just the product. It is the product with the styling, with the accessorizing. Without accessories, with it, without stylizing, the product remains incomplete. Right. So if you see the dress over there and the and the hat on hat or maybe the bag or the neck piece, everything is telling a story. Even the not the way it has been uh, put together. Okay. So everything it 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 communicates that it needs to be picked up as a complete set, not just one in isolation. Okay. So that's what I said. God lies in detail. So the kind of accessory you pick up that is also an art. Right. Okay. Now coming to the next, which is a retail space. Okay. So, uh, what I talked about so far, what is how the visual merchandiser or the visual merchandising this aspect works from the macro to the uh, micro level. Okay. From outside, from the facade, okay, till the last bit of your a particular piece, mm -hmm. and there's a dynamics which is behind this merchandise. It is because what, as a customer, what we do, we go, we like something, we pick it up, uh, uh, cash counter, go pay and come out. That's what, but what all goes behind is a lot of work. It is a lot of thought process, which goes behind it. As I said, it's a, it's a, it's art plus science is equal to mathematics. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's what, towards the mathematics for what art and science, both everyone, everyone puts these two together, art and science to ensure that we get a good mathematics, okay? So now we could talk about the retail space. I always call it as a, a dynamic container, okay? Hello, am I? Hello? Go ahead. Oh, oh sorry, you, you disappeared for a while. <laughs> sorry, my just having a cough. <laughs> okay, no worries. I was wondering what happened. <laughs> okay. Yes, please go ahead. Okay, uh, retail space, I always call it as a dynamic container. Okay, so what, as I said, like there is a lot more is going behind, you know, behind the scene, a lot more is happening. It starts from the, it starts almost like an year back, the merchandise which you see that actually being conceived year and a half back or a year back, almost that long. And then that time, all the teams, they come together, work together and make sure when at the stipulant time, which has been given, like say, spring, summer, or the autumn, winter, whatever the seasonal merchandise needs to be reached to the store that you get to see then and there, okay? So, now, when I talk about the dynamic, uh, when I said that uh, it's, it's a dynamic container, so in order to make sure that it is profitable, okay, uh, shall I stop it for a while, or are, are you okay, Neil? Go ahead, please. Yeah, Go sure. ahead. Okay, so when I say, uh, so what is happening out here, as I said, it's a dynamic container. So, so much of strategy, so much of thought process goes behind it. If I just bullet point it out here for a while, which is like a retail strategy, which is with the five P's plus one P. One P has been in a recent past, which has been added. So product, price, placement, people, promotion. So these are the factors, or if I say the Pentagon of the retail Pentagon on which yeah. entire retail strategies is revolving around making sure that there's a justification to, to the retail space which means yeah. correct product correct assortment quality okay then the price as per the season as per the time as per the you know uh, the quality the price and the placement of the store where it is very much essential it cannot be absurd it cannot be like mismatch of the customer and the store both have to be synced in in terms of visibility in terms of the in terms of the pocket as well, they need to be synced in. Then we talk about the people. The people is basically your staff, how groomed or how educated your staff is. Because let me tell you, any customer comes not to pick up the product. 
it comes to take the product along with the information okay mm -hmm. so what happens the customer he actually wants to get educated he wants to have some kind of acknowledgement from the staff and the customer that's why you see all the people they are very well groomed but now earlier people they used to come next to you sir may i help you but nowadays people they don't want as i said people they would like to have the vm where there's no one around okay yeah. it should be self explanatory that's what i'm trying to tell you so the promotion is definitely very much important okay where you are having atl and btl activities so uh, now the pixel which has taken like it, it it is it has been overpowered you know it has taken the front seat now which is social media vlogs and blogs okay so that's what i said it's one more p which has been added it's a by product of the promotion itself but in a larger scale precisely the reason it needed to be enhanced here okay so nowadays everyone is going into the same digital platform everyone okay so so does it mean that because now we have a new customer which is the millennial age group they require a different form of uh, outreach new forms of information is that why pixel is so more important nowadays yes. than how it used to be in the earlier times other yes. five things Very so good. tell us more a little bit more about how would you look at marketing it to the millennials okay see nowadays if you say 95% people will have the mobile in their hand 95% 5% i'm saying while they are sleeping <laughs> that would not be happy otherwise they will have <laughs> so i'm just i'm kidding i mean everyone will have a mobile nowadays okay and everyone has got a smartphone Right. So the smartphone has changed the entire game. It has changed the entire world. Smartphone. Now, what is so social media? It just earlier, like I was just uh, talking to the students other day. Some of the students of mine that we used to have five. We used to mug up at least say ten books, and out of ten books, we would get some twenty liners. Okay, some relevant twenty liners. right for our thesis or for our you know whatever project is but nowadays you write uh two or just five words okay and you get 10 books and 10 relevant lines with just those 10 words so it is so easy so accessible so because of that everyone is wants to be there because a it's a wider reach it's a wider reach is the most important and as you said the millennial you know that's what it 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 connects very well it it brings the taste the homogeneous taste of the people as well and where it works together it works in the analytics it works in the analysis right so what kind of people what kind of age group is looking into what kind of stuff so it actually helps the retailer to work on those lines especially for the uh, merchandise correct so okay. would that information which i believe is implementation of ai or artificial intelligence in the whole retail system does it help you to look at visual merchandising in, to improve it to do it differently and so forth uh, would yeah, you I, say is it so yes it is it is it is definitely see uh, what happens one technology goes next one comes okay or gets enhanced so does everyone will have to change their uh, you know uh, if you can't change the tools change the battlefield so it's like time to change the battlefield it's like that you know or so so which means you are absolutely right uh, as this social media and the new uh, you know vr ar all these uh, uh, intelligence art, ai and the vr all these are coming into the picture so definitely visual merchandising people okay these people will have to get into or they are synced in for the same they got to be synced in which means that your display have to be more digital oriented okay your i mean it should be more of an uh, you know more of an intelligence kind of a thing like you you get inside the from a machine inside you walk through and your entire body is measured and the you know your your cloth comes in you know like those kind of Areas, 
so so i mean i mean uh, there is another thing also not i mean people what they have done they just to map it up in the trolley they will have their rfid okay and then the kind of path they are making okay they will understand at what point at what point at what place the customer is standing for a longer time so what should be the highest mrp should be put over there wow okay so so there are like a lot it of things almost, it is almost like being stopped <laughs> as you enter a retail space yeah. i'm sorry okay. i feel like that <laughs> okay go ahead <laughs> i mean there's so so much so much to look into you know it's not just so yeah. every time i mean visual merchandiser needs to have his brain always ticking you know what next what more can be done yeah. so that's what it cannot be just static okay. absolutely that's smart okay so yeah. going next to the, the types of merchandise and the product which is like uh, if i just categorize these with which the retail has been put together which is impulse product demand product speciality product and the category product and because based on these based on these the entire layout is done by the business development team by the merchandiser by the product and the visual merchandiser or people will have to come together to ensure that the store will be justified well with uh, with respect to its uh, you know relevant category or the product okay right so when i say impulse product it is an unplanned unplanned buying you must have seen those you know at the cash counter at the cash cash counter or while you're just about to leave you will have something which is like a trigger for you to pick it up you can't it's like irresistible maybe a chocolate pack of chocolate okay maybe a gift for someone which is like uh, not very expensive but something which you can give as a very handy okay uh, like socks or small artificial jewelry those so what is happening like a person is through and thorough with his shopping but the moment he picks it up what has he done he has increased his ticket size and that's what as i told you in the beginning everyone looks for fastest liquidation and the ticket size increment that's what is the core go to the next one which i say the demand product which is essential buying so essential buying is something which uh, one would like to possess no matter what like bread and butter eggs these are essential buys you have to have those so those are kept somewhere within the retail space where one would not mind walking all the way till the rear end of the store because those are essentials you if you see the suits especially if i say uh, like uh, like say blackberries if i just give you an example okay because that's my i mean closest to my heart okay so blackberries you see suits sherwanis and all okay suits especially the, the wedding collection that will be kept uh, suits and all which is essentials they will be kept towards the rear side of the store not right in the front one would not mind walking all the way because that's yeah so so that's what it is an essential part now speciality products these are loyal buying when i say loyal buying means like benetton which is known for its very unique kind of cuts in the or the washes in the denim at the same time benetton has got a trico which is for the ladies very specialized it has got a speciality like if i say uh, blackberries which is again for the suits especially for the wedding suits the collection which they have and the very important collection which they have which is for the boardroom meet, meeting okay the formal collection so these are so people who know about these collections they know where to go no matter what what is there in the world they will go only to this because they know in the next season or this season what special they have they have for me to offer so let me just go and check it's a loyal buying i always call it as okay then there is a category product okay which is where the customer would like to have the analytical ability to be put together okay which is analytical buying so what he does he will have a category he knows that he's need to have a shirt and that needs to be a checkered shirt but then he will look into the different different brands different material so all the checkers are put together at one place with the various brands oh, so he can choose whichever he wants oh, okay and the denim also the chinos also you see so these are the category driven areas then if i talk about the retail imagery okay the retention process oh, okay. question over here yeah, i'm sorry yeah please it has it has always intrigued me 
when you find let's say a couple shopping together or let's say um, a man woman and children shopping together there are some peculiar behavior that one notices very frequently uh men normally don't like i see a lot of men waiting for their wives to finish shopping and it is always the women who seem to be shopping for the children though the ch- men and women both look after the children at that age in terms of partnership and yet i find it is the women who are shopping for it uh, so with such kind of behavior because the genders behave differently do you as visual merchandiser uh, position your merchandise differently or or place it differently in the whole store can you give us some light on that oh yeah sure definitely yeah you are absolutely right see ladies and the Uh, ladies and uh, i mean men and women both of them they have got very different way of doing the shopping shopping pattern is absolutely different mm-hmm. females they are more into the explorations they explore they never take the decision at once okay and it uh, there is nothing wrong or right it is just it's it's a nature i mean that's how it is you know that's how the both male and female are okay they they way of looking at things so they are more into the explorations and then they decide they will go all the way in the store and then they will decide which what they want to pick up sometimes it happens that they will go for a particular product but they will end up buying something else not that product that is also there okay but with the men what happens it is first of all the the offering is very limited okay if you see they will have a limited offerings okay and they will be all expensive which means your belt will be expensive wallet belt uh, your uh, the the watch shoe trouser shirts or t-shirt or denim so these are the one but for the ladies from a very small range to the higher range you get you get so much of varieties right okay now as i said so in this case the men they always will they says they are very focused they always want to go quickly buy and get out however girl, ladies they want to explore right so because of that the positioning of the product and the floors you get to see that in the multiple uh, level floor you will see the topmost floor will be always of the men even if you put three offices in between they still will go on the top no issues they don't mind walking all the way okay the bottommost area you will see in the multiple uh, multi stories building the bottommost will be mostly for the non apparel areas which is more glittery jewelry and at the same time more inviting and enticing in terms of the highest mrp range which is perfumes uh, watches non apparels you know shoes bags ladies bags so many things you know all these will be there on the ground floor mostly at the rear side of the store or on the first floor you will see ladies okay they will have their collections all over and the right next to it will have the kit section because ladies are far more sensitive than guys no doubt about it no doubt about it so they know very well what size will be coming to my child guys would not even be, even be knowing the number you know what size will be coming but ladies will be knowing this because they are as i said they are very sensitive so they know the sensitivity comes in all possible sphere of life you know so does the children as well okay responsibility and sensitivity these were two different aspects you know <laughs> when i'm saying men they are very much responsible not that they are making them they are very much responsible no doubt about it but as far as sensitivity sensitivity goes okay ladies are more into it so that's how it is kept right next to it you know to the ladies section so very well put together okay great now uh, okay uh if i so like i was uh, as i was telling you it's a pretty imagery a retention process you know so uh, i was fortunate enough to you know while i was working with the blackberries just just give me a second 
sorry, there was some disturbance in the background. Yeah. So now what happens, uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the identity change of Blackberries, okay, while okay. it was happening. So I was really, really fortunate. So, uh, I mean, along with the team, of course, of my, my team, with all the people, okay, which is an external consul consultant to the internal team, myself, my team, everyone. I, I mean, everyone worked towards it and it was a wonderful experience for me. So this was Blackberry's identity change. So when I'm talking about the identity, it is not just the logo or the mnemonics or the stationery or the uh, social media. No, it is more than that. It was beyond, which means you are changing the identity in toto, which means you are having the fixture change. You are having the imagery change. You are having the merchandise also changed, which is getting enhanced, you know. So all these things were taken place. So I was very fortunate enough. And immense learning was had happened. And mostly you will see that uh, the brand, which is like 15 to 20 year old, almost, they always go, I mean, they, they tend to go for the change in there. You know, they always would like to leave from current platform to the next one. So it means next imagery must be changed now. So this is my observation so far. Right. Okay. So now uh, if I just take you through how it has happened in the retail industry so far. Uh, so product introduction is done, as I said, which is like web back which is a uh, year and a half or year back where the retail retail industry is there and the partners channel partners are there so these people they come and they look at the range and they place the order and then they go ahead with the merchandise so the next merchandise which comes okay that's next season mer merchandise when it hits the floor so that time your social media uh, logistic team, product team, everyone works towards it, making sure that at the correct time, you are having the merchandise with the correct communication and the imagery, so-called the window or internal communication. Right. That's what the season launch is all about, okay? The back to school again, which is like towards, you know, new season. Then the very much important part of this entire vision merchandising happens to be the planogramming part. Again, which is planning plan planogramming is it's Jim Roth, okay, which is your every square footage of area is calculated. Every inch is calculated. So making sure that you are doing the justification to the SKUs which have been given or the uh, the merchandise or the product which has been given to the to the store, how it needs to be displayed on the floor. It should not be overstocked. It should not, not be understocked. It should be well justified, making sure. And every time it, it changes, it, there's a transition happens. In the beginning of the, of the season launch, there will be less merchandise. So that time you will be doing a linear kind of a display. Then the dense display, all these are different, different you know, nomenclature, which uh, it's a chapter by its own. It's a, it's a separate uh, you know, working. But this planogramming is basically wall elevations and the floor floor planning, okay, and it keeps on rotating as per the time right, of, or right. the seasonal time, you know, that's what. And that's what the merchandise presentation is. So if I say this is the, this is the moon mantra of our <laughs> vision merchandising or the retail industry is, which is, jo dikta hai, wo dikta hai. right? So, right. We, so basis on these uh, planograms, okay, we display our merchandise as a category or as a lifestyle or as a linear, whichever way. Okay, and if I conclude in this way that there are five rights, okay, so which is like the right merchandise at the right place, at the right time, the right quantity, and at the right price. If all these things are taken care of, then retail will be well justified. So these five rights have to be well taken care of by all the merchandisers and the entire team of retail. That's what. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot to remember, a lot of things to happen right in the right time, right place, in the right manner. And I do think only then it translates in, translates into the bottom line uh, and hence the business growth. So yes. great. But before we move on to some of the other questions, I think one of the areas that I really wanted to check with you right now is the COVID has taken over our lives in the last year. And a lot of things which were very exciting for many shoppers and customers was to actually visit the 
uh, malls and visit the retail space, experience all this visual merchandise that you see around you. So what has happened to that now in these times when we are all under lockdown? Are the malls getting ready in any way to welcome back the customers, get them to open up their purse strings, get more excited about, you know, buying, shopping? Are they doing equal anything exciting after the COVID? Preparing for the after the COVID times. After the COVID, when it this this goes off, see, uh, yes, I mean, see what there is a shift which I've seen over the period. Okay, I mean the one which is very evident also. Everything boils down to money. Okay, so what people, everyone is trying to do, if they cannot increase the top line, they are they are trying to save the bottom line. So bottom line is becoming the prime factor nowadays. Nowadays, okay, so. Everyone is now. What will happen once the COVID goes away? Okay, so the shift has already started, which means that people they are trying to make their presence digitally also. They're getting into digital, mm -hmm. so that people, so that customer is well aware while visiting the store. Mm -hmm. This will also be possible that the store, most of the merchandise, it will be sent sent to the home, sent to people's houses with the catalog. Okay, with right, some kind right. of a product as well that you cannot come, we are coming to you, making sure we are offering you. So the customer, the CRM, so-called the customer customer relationship manage, management, that will work very strongly. And people are actually working on it, making sure how they are enticing their, their customer and especially the customers which are the, uh, uh, the loyal customer. Mm -hmm. Okay or the repeat customer yeah and believe me like all the good retailers who have survived so far is all because of their repeat customers right so if customer is your 65 to 70 percent is a repeat customer you are very good retailer no doubt about it okay so that's what it's happening right now people are going more into digital okay the areas is getting shrunk okay the retail spaces getting shrunk people they are working from home because of that your lot of other things are happening which means like for the retailers also it is uh, for the retail companies also it is working better because a they are getting a good manpower probably okay at a lesser prices because i i, I will just give you an example maybe a very uh, competent, uh, competent, uh, say employee. Okay, a lady. Okay, she cannot, she cannot do traveling all the way from Gaziabad to Gurgaon. Okay, and but at the same time, if she needs to work from home, right? She needs to work from home. She don't. She she would not mind having the less salary of twenty five percent or thirty percent lesser. She is more happy because of that. She will be able to cope up with all factors. You know, so so that is the reason. So these are the things which which is being changed right now. I mean, that seem to be changed. But as of now, uh, once the COVID gets over, so more people will be having lesser the uh, lesser the expenditure, more of an impact. That these are the strategies which they will be taking. And there might be you, you don't know you there, there might be uh, uh, merchandise which is like the top will be very uh, heavily loaded it will be very good but the bottom will be very plain types because mostly people they are working from home so they are in front of the you know screen so so i mean <laughs> that's but to, together as an ensemble together as an ensemble it will look nice yes i can also i'm i'm told the pajamas are getting back into trend <laughs> okay. So, well, I still have many questions for you, Khemraj. We have yeah. a, a pile of them. So I'm going to move on to the questions asked by the participants. Uh, if you are ready for it, if you'd like to have a glass of water, please go ahead. So in yeah. the meantime, Tubangi, one of our participants, she has a little bit of a complaint about the retail setup. So she says that when I visit, I visited so many retail stores. Most of the time, the clothing item in women's section are kept so far up that we can't reach it and end up not exploring or buying those products at all. So shouldn't the retail spaces have some balance in terms of the average height of the buyer? 
so that it is more approachable. What a sensible question this is. So, Khemraj, please answer this. Very important. Sure. See, the height, uh, I will tell you, the average height in India, which happens to be for the woman, is 5 feet 2 inches. Okay? 5 feet 2 to 3 inches. That's what it is, more, more or less. So, in this case, we always go with the average. Okay? So, the fixture height, which is an ideal one, which happens to be 1950 mm. When I say 1950 mm means six and a half feet should be the hook of the hanger on the top. Right. That's what the height is. People, they take it till 2100 as well, which is seven feet. Considering the fact that it is just a six inch, but definitely that six inches, that makes a difference. Right. That really makes a difference. So surely there should be, I completely agree with you that in the women's and the men's section, there should be a difference of the height. Definitely it should be. I completely agree with you. Absolutely. Shabangi, that was a very smart question. I hope all retailers take note of that. Yeah. So another one, another one from uh, an aspiring vision merchandiser. So, uh, you know, this was the, the our designer is very keen to know that won't all the brands have the same plan for vision merchandising? Once you, today, whatever you informed us, is going to be followed by a lot of visual merchandisers. So how do the brands make themselves unique? Is there a way to stand out amongst the numbers of brands that are going to be viewed by the customer? See, first of all, uh, whatever you say, I mean, just, just try to understand. In the retail industry, the core happens to be only one thing is the product. The main hero is only the product. Only the product, rest all is a supporting element. All of them are just, they just patronage the, the main product, nothing else. Which means if your product is not good enough, then no matter how much you do, whatever you do, it is not going to be working out. So, basis on your product, basis on the strategy, basis on the vision of the company, knowing the company, Basis on all that, your entire story is spun around and then it's put it together in a concrete and a summarized manner within the retail space, be it window, be it interiors, be it fixture or anything. Main hero happens to be the product. Okay, so that's all I can say that uh, every brand will have its own unique definition or it's unique USP, or I mean, unique uh, identity. Okay. And people will have to work towards it. That's all. So I guess uh, the, 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 the various uh, visual merchandisers will have to adapt to the brand identity, brand imageries. As you get, get to understand it better, you'll be able to... Um, form your solutions for VM around that. Yes. Uh, right. So we have another question which is asking, how is the VM different for the sales period compared to the regular times? So it's, is it different when you have sales, which is I think quite maddening. Uh, it's a maddening <laughs> End of season sale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is different. Yeah, very good question. It's a different. See, see, firstly, understand. Like, uh, usually, uh, I mean, what happens the 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 customer of EOSS end of season sale, okay, is different from the customer who is who buys the merchandise in the fresh or during the season launch. It is. I, I will say something like this. There are some people they have got this passion. The, you know, this it's it's like a it's like how do I say? It's like a passion, not the passion or madness, I don't know, whatever it is called, that first day, first show, mereko dekhna hai, movie dekhna hai. You know, those kind of people, there are some people like this. So yeah, in the retail industry also, there are some people. There are people like this. There are customers. No matter what, show me what is new. Show me something new. Okay, is there something new which has come? And I want to have it. I need to have this. Making sure I need to flaunt it the first, no one else. Okay? Right. Now, at the same time, when I say uh, these EOSs, yes, there is a difference in the display. In the EOSs, 
your main objective is to have the in the lesser money how maximum can i buy and the relevant thing i can buy so best of the rest i shall be having so that time that time it will be more of a stocked and the category display category means all the shirts together all the sets size sets together right. not so much of coordinate coordinated or the ensemble or the lifestyle kind of a display it is more of a stocking more of a category display so that customer has got ease to pick it up with a analysis the, the the comparative analysis pick it up go walk away that's what and during the new season launch when it is not when it is not eoss that time you do permutation permutation combination put it together make the ensembles offer the complete offering to the customer and ask him to take the entire set which is like always thriving on to the ticket size and increasing the basket size oh. so so there is a lot of enticement which needs to be on offer in such a case so similarly would you say that uh, uh, visual merchandising for a, an economical brand versus a boutique brand you know is going to be very different from each other and how can you make it different it is a different it it is a i think can is a i think first if we talk about the regular one which is economic brand and the boutique one the customer is absolutely different first of all right it's completely different the best example which i give to all the students is there are three store or uh, three malls which we have in vasant kunj mm -hmm. together one by one. so all three stores is a perfect case study like the person who's going to the emporio okay and the person who's going to the promenade will be completely different from each other okay so now as far as boutique is concerned they have a very it's a class based not the mass based however the economic uh, one zone which is mass based not the class based okay right so the class based one is very specific in terms of the strategy of putting the things together and it is because the money is not so much Uh, uh so called the constraint over there but the offering makes a difference so that time you need to have as per the guideline as per their understanding as per the uh, vision and as per the brand whatever it is you need to make it different of course it it is a different right uh thank you i just have one last question for you uh, raj uh, would you do advise our participants what are the competencies or backgrounds required for you to become a visual merchandiser see first of all i will say that inquisitiveness should definitely be there in the visual merchandiser right. and when i say inquisitiveness means it should be in in all possible spheres of the design not only restricting to the merchandise or the display or the folding or the unfolding and putting it together on the mannequins no it's not the only area it is one of the part i would say that if you got to have the streak of good graphic designer mm -hmm. good product designer good space planner and diff, uh, i mean you visual sensitivity you should be having and the most important part that you should be which comes over the period of course okay which means you should be having the analytical ability also in terms of the business because your specialization should be a support to the business so mm -hmm. hand to hand it should be work together with the business team with the business development operation and the finance team so person who can align himself very well in these spheres will be really great so these are the competencies which i uh, which i can summarize with great thank you so much kemraj and thank you for your deep insight into visual merchandising i think this is definitely useful for the aspiring designers um those who are interested in visual merchandising definitely need a background uh, in space design understanding of material um being able to visualize being able to so enhance your skills of drawing uh, certain software skills uh, understanding of product and material needs to be in place 
So I do think, uh, please explore such an option because for us at this point, retail industry is on the rise, is booming, and we are just waiting for COVID to get over for you guys to have that experience and the opportunities. Meanwhile, I do want to invite you to uh, to visit the JS Institute of Design website. Have a look at the courses that are on offer. If you have any more questions regarding, I have a few more questions, but I'm going to take it on later. I'm going to send it to you later, Raj, about uh, similar questions on visual merchandising. And I will be very grateful to you to answer them. And we will forward it to the, quest the questions to the participants. But sure, meantime, sure. do visit, do visit JS Institute of Design website. Have a look at, have a look at our other earlier webs, uh, webinars, 26 of them across all different topics. Thank you very much. Uh, hope you had a good time. Have a great weekend. And thank you once again, Raj. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much.